This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something? Yeah, what is that? It's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's not that. Ooh, it's the best of the buzz with Bill. Is that right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton. Well, now. Billy! I say Shack! Yep, I'm back. From humidifiers to uh, robo-umpires, this is kind of a sports story to start with. Robo-umps reach triple, but major league still uncertain. Um, uh, they mean triple A, of course. Right. Um, so basically, since 2019, um, the, I, I guess they've been testing a robot that would call the balls and strikes in a, in, in a baseball game. Now, we don't have to worry about coming to the major leagues yet. Um, but remember when they introduced the pitch clock and everybody moaned about, you know, how, you know, this was going to affect the game and it was going to take the mental, the, or the human element out of it. Now they are testing this at the Atlantic le- League level so far, where mm. an, a robot would call the balls and strikes. And there'd be no argument. There would be, it's either a ball or a strike. So a, a couple of things that we need to consider when you do this is right now, it, the, the strike zone is really dependent on the, on the, on the umpire. So, you know, the, 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 there is an official um, rule of where the strike zone is, but it's rarely followed. So right. um, some umpires call it differently. And I think with players, you know, they want it to be, as long as it's consistent, it's okay um, for them. But the idea is that you, you would, you would, they would define exactly what a strike zone is and then have the robot call a ball and a strike. So there's no argument. It's either a strike or a ball. Um, The other. Was there a person who already did this? I'm so yeah, dense. Okay. Yeah, there is. An okay. Um, an um, a yes. human. Right. So, yeah. with, with is this one of these arguments where the robots are taking over the human jobs? Like, are you kidding me? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it might be. I mean, it's. It, it, I don't know. I think this it's is... more about do you wish? Um, and this is the thing about human beings: we don't trust and like the decision the other makes. So we say, well, here's a foolproof because. <laughs> The measurement yeah. will be taken when you step into the plate. The the, yeah. the, the computer, the AI who doesn't li- know to like or not like you, nothing personal, mm-hmm. will make the call. Oh, I don't want yeah. that it either. That takes fun. The, the tradition out of the game. It, it does because even though, like Billy said, you you, you can't you could argue it now. Well, you really can't because the umpire says it was a strike. Oh no, it wasn't. Did you say you're leaving the game? Oh no, Umber, you're right. It was a strike, right? Like you know, there's you can't argue these things at, at this moment, right? In in that. So, um, okay, Bill, you said there was a couple of other things. I mean, and well, I will say I'm a big fan of the pitch clock, of course. I am too. I mean, it's it's shortened games by half an hour. I oh, I agree gosh. with that. Um, yeah. The other system they're testing is that a team would have X number of challenges. So if you challenged it, you could have the replay. So, to, you know, so that's the other thing that they're doing. But so when but you say you that, said, Billy, are you talking the balls and strikes? Cause I know people can yeah. challenge things now, but the, you mean the balls and strikes call. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oof. So that might slow the game down. <laughs> yeah. It might be. Yeah. I mean, uh, depending on how many challenges a team gets, which well, was pretty here, big. Here's the way I see it. Again, I, 
I kind of feel funny about it not being a person back there, but I also know um, TV shows a box now when people are watching baseball that is what the, quote, strike zone is. With the technology, they can do that. So a lot of times people at home, and Brock and I have had this conversation, are, well, that ball was way out, man. You could see it. Well, we're judging it by the box with the, the framing that's there on the TV screen that says, well, this is where the zone is. Um, we don't know what's in the umpire's head and what he's seeing and what he's calling it. This is totally what television at the moment. But it becomes this brainwashing thing. So... What I have to say is we have to kind of get on side with, do we want to be bothered with the human doing it? Do we want a real stable? Do we trust the, the AI to say uh, this person's six feet tall? The strike zone is is from knees to, to shoulder. Okay, this far out from the body and that far out is, is yeah. you know from from to you know, where the, the zone the bat travels through or or area. Do we does if that can be set with AI and we know it can and all that can be determined and doesn't matter on the park you're in or how close you stand to the plate. Um, I think it would speed things up, but then you go saying, well, you could challenge that. Well, but then you're slowing the game down again. <laughs> if yeah, you're going to allow the, people that. The deeper question, right, for me is just because we know AI can do it, because now we're at the point where we can say, yeah, let AI do this, let AI do that. Uh, we don't want these disputes anymore. Just because they can do it, does it really mean that they should? Like, are we going to let yes. AI do every single thing, especially... Well, and that's the tradition of baseball, like yeah. you said, Ronya. Are we doing it to get rid of the bodies there or to stop the arguments right. or whatever? Well, I don't really even... think there's a ton of arguments. Players know you, you can't win that argument. They yeah. also know that the umpires are sometimes generous and sometimes not. Right, right. And it, and it based on, quite frankly, the lighting, the vision, their mood. Yeah, <laughs> their mood. Yeah, the yeah. AI won't have mood swings. But it's true. Like, we, we have the opportunity now to say, okay, let's change around everything, right? And it doesn't have to be baseball, but baseball is a really great example. Um, and rules and traditions and trying to speed the game up, all these different things. But does it necessarily mean that we should? And especially the conversation of AI, where we're trying to make everything neutral, mutual, no questions asked, no arguments, no challenges. I feel like that's ruining it. It yeah. is. Well, it, it is. And in, in baseball, it would, eh, Billy? Like, it, I, I yeah. love a lot of the changes. I'm a big advocate. This is one that I'm not fully behind because I like the person being back there. I think there's a lot of other circumstances that could come up that we need, and I'm not saying they would take all the umpires off the field, that mm -hmm. there would still be umpires at first base, oh, second, Oh, we can't third, have umpires know. and AIs on the same field. I exactly. Well, no. if you have the AI just calling balls and strikes, maybe. I don't know, man. But you're yeah. still going to get the other umpires like saying, to me. hey, yeah, uh, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting. of the phone here's what you can do to conquer that fear on the bbc news um they call this telephobia and it occurs because we are basically sending a lot of text messages and emails and it happens because when you have to answer a phone we some of us have actually lost the art of 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 how to how to conduct themselves and how to brace yourselves for perhaps confrontation on over over a phone so you can talk to say a room full of people 
and not have a problem. But as Brock said earlier, talking to a one-on-one -on -one with a family or someone you don't know can be very difficult over a phone. Um, so there's a scenario that happens. Well, first of all, when you if you have to answer a phone, it can cause an array of health ailments. It can cause dizziness, heart palpitations. Um, it can cause shortness of breath. It can cause high blood pressure. So, I mean, you wouldn't think that, but it, for some people, it actually can. Um, so a scenario that, that the article mentioned was supposing the phone rings and maybe you're having an issue of your personal life and you may know what the conversation might be, but you're afraid to answer the phone because you're afraid of how you might react or you're afraid of how the person at the other end might react or maybe the phone rings and you know, maybe they're having an issue and should I really answer the phone um, if I don't know what it is? Mm -hmm. um, so there's all these issues that, that make answering a phone kind of difficult for people. Um, when it comes to the workforce, for instance, um, you know, some people don't know how to make, if you have to give somebody bad news, you're reluctant to make that call because you don't know how to mm. deliver it in a constructive way. And what you need to do is think about what you're going to say in, in, in such a way that you let the person down easy, especially if it's, if it's bad news, right? So, but, uh, you know, when you talk about emails, you can think about these things beforehand, but the difficulty is on a telephone, you can't. You have to react very quickly, and it can be difficult for people to do. Especially when it's somebody that is a friend that yeah, you have to right. deliver uh, deliver bad news for or to that you've been friends with for you know twenty plus years. I have tremendous Kelly. You asked me what gives me anxiety, and Bill's topic now has brought something to me. I have tremendous anxiety when the phone rings. And it's a number that I don't know. Uh -oh. uh, more often than not, I don't answer it. But I, when I do, after I answer, it's usually when the anxiety kicks in because it's like, oh, did I answer that and give them enough so that they can agree, say that I agreed to something and charge a bunch of whatever. This is Revenue to... Canada. Mr. Richardson, is this you? Uh, exactly. And that gives me tremendous anxiety. So I tend to stay away from phone numbers that I don't know but yeah if it's a number I don't know immediately get anxious and risen heartbeat all those things and that's why well, people thank, really just let it go to voicemail right that well that's yeah. thank god there's there's caller id i mean back in mm. my day there wasn't so when the phone rang you never knew who was at the other end so you had to be prepared for anything um yeah. billy did you have a story to share with us about anxiety um, 20 years ago, I had a very serious health problem, as you know, and I was very afraid to answer the phone because I knew it was going to be somebody saying, hey, man, you better see a doctor because you're in trouble and you got to do something about it. And so it was this like, was before, it, Billy, the actual health um, reared its head? Just a little before. People okay. started yep. noticing things, they saw, right? Yep, and, yep. I yeah, remember, they saw. I remember heard, noticing. Yeah, yeah, 
And it was like, don't bother me. It'll go away. But of course, what I have doesn't go away, right? But I was really anxious about answering the phone because I figured someone was going to bug me about that again and again and again, right? Well, and I've had people say that in the same situation. I have a, a, another friend, same story kind of thing, same situation as yourself, a same health condition, or, you know, that that they went through and how they found out that they were in that uh, that position. And lots have said afterward. And I know when I had my health issues a few years back, afterward, I wonder, oh, what am I going to call from that doctor? And what are they going to say? What are they thinking? What? And and it's just the overwhelm. It's just so overwhelming that you kind of get like, oh, never mind. I don't want to. And I'm, yeah. I know all of us. And I think we feel so alone, even though every single one of us will have it or has had many opportunities in life to get those unhappy calls, those unhappy text messages, emails, whatever, uh, especially, you know, when it comes to health, financial situations, or or something you just don't want to hear. And it's interesting. Some people embrace it and want to know right off the bat and, and get through things. But a lot of time, there is something um, that we don't. But the anxiety, Billy, is, is just tremendous. Oh, uh, really is. great stuff today, Bill. I appreciate it. Appreciate the openness too and sharing on that level for yourself. Brock, thank you as well. There's one caveat at the end of this, but I'm going to tell you that which which is later, but Essentially, a brewery, I think they call it the Nine Miles Brewery in Saskatchewan, in Saskatoon, decided to go head-to-head with um, with the robot. So basically, um, they were playing around with it, and they asked um, the bot to recommend a recipe, to make a recipe for a beer, to write a recipe. So it did. Um, so the, 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 actually, the, the, uh, the brewery also made a man-made beer um, um, using basically conventional recipe, you know, methods. So talking to mm-hmm. other breweries. Yeah. And, and so basically um, the chat BTG uh, made a gauche beer, which is kind of a German type. Um, the the man-made beer was basically a sour mash, uh, like a ginger rhubarb. And basically, they went into the tap room and they tested. And of course, nobody knew what they were drinking, you know, which was right. which. Which one was created yeah, by that's the AI right. versus. That's right. Yeah. That's right. 60% of the testing of it went to the, the, the chat beer. Um, so the GPT beat <gasps> one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chat well, are you surprised? Yeah. Are you guys surprised that the AI I beer won? I don't think so. Because, I, don't I mean, know. it could be more formulaic, right? It's mathematical. They know what tastes better because. See, that's the problem. In theory, sucks. are we going for what we're used to in the taste and expecting? Or do we actually like it because, for some reason, some creepy reason, it knows humans? I'll it's just adjust this here. It's got to be you the really second. That? Yes, it, because it's like creating yeah. a good pop song, right? 
it's not just like, oh my God, the song sounds so good. No, there are reasons why the song sounds good. It's what our ears want to hear. It's the rhythm. It's the ideal pacing. It's the exact key, whatever. And if you can, if you know that because you're an expert and you know how to make songs that are hits, that's what you so use. The oh, AI fluke. collects the data on yeah. the hits. Yes. that have ever been created, of the course. romantic songs or whatever you want to call them, that have sell, sold well. Even humans the are AI doing it. The AI takes those, Not and oh, sure, and yeah. always have been doing it. Yes. Um, as we get different eras, times, months, where certain things are big, mm -hmm. certain types of songs. So in an instant or whatever length of time it takes, the AI, in your belief here, creates the, the using ideal. what people set, what people buy, what is sold, the ideal beer. Yes. It Based knows too much. There's no data. way that this is just a, you know, I'm going to wing it recipe. Of course not. It's absolutely. Well, it has to know all about beer for sure. I wonder and what's about programmed in. Or is it just sent out there? Find what you can and create the greatest, a gr the greatest tasting beer for humans. Yeah. Hmm. No yeah, idea. It, it goes yeah. in fully informed and it like, comes wow. out with a product. So yeah. human beings creating the other beer know yeah. the same thing. And can and exercise the much. same theory. Not as much. Well, well, not as quickly. It, not as quickly. Except, ex, yeah. yeah. Well, they use except more conventional, you know, recipes. So they were And maybe, well, you to, know what? Maybe it's more artistic for the human, right? Like, we're thinking, yeah, but I'm going to try this hint of something. I don't know anything about making beer. Um, and say, we're going to experiment and add this, and maybe that'll pop. But AI is not going to do that. AI is going to go for what it knows will be the best like beer based on its data it's so science. billy were the human creators supposed to yep. use only certain things if we want to call uh, stick to traditional or is that just what they did by nature well that's Do we what know? they did they yeah um they used you know they both used ingredients um yeah. so but were um, there rules to the what they I could use I don't think so. Well, like only I think it was wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Did they? Did they? It yeah. And that's what ahead. I. So humans went with their head with what they should use. The yeah. AI created what it felt based on data would be the most enjoyed. Wow. Very and interesting. What the, here's the caveat, though. The the chat the bot got the beer right, but the the ingredients were right, but they had to um, sort of fine tune it. What? So it didn't yep. get it didn't yep. get the recipe right, but it got the ingredients right. Who had to fine tune it? The human? Um, the humans had to sort of fine tune. Well, it, that's um, confusing. Um, well, I don't know it, it sort of was half right. It sort of half was it was half. You might say it was pretty good. So I mean, I wonder if fine perfect. tuning was making it an alcohol, like you know the amount of alcohol you're like supposed the process? to have. Yeah, like if it's just some of the things that are the standards, the rules out there to qualify as a Canadian beer, you can have this much this, or you know a, a Belgian beer, this much that. So if they're making a Grosch, um, maybe there there were certain things that they would add in to fine tune that or know that it would have to qualify. Maybe that's just simply it. Yeah, Don't and know. because it was a it because it was a German beer, they would have to yeah. they would have to, you know, sort of to fine tune it a little bit. I guess. But still yeah. not I, bad though. Since AI doesn't have any emotions, it's not gonna be affronted by that. Or uh, no. taste buds either. <laughs> yeah. It's just gonna go by what humans, you know, yeah. I like this what kind of garbage goes. here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
40 yeah, minutes and we could have a jealousy. chat with it. I had the best beer. <laughs> Anyways. And they yep. had to tamper with it a move. Then yeah. they had to go, oh, no, let's leave our little human believe, mark on it. I don't it. believe in that step. Oh, okay. Uh, Shaq's all excited because you're trying to figure out how you can get your, your your taste buds on that beer. I wonder how. Yeah, well, what they did say at the end was that don't expect uh, uh, chat to be making beers in the near future because, you know, I mean, it, it's like, I as guess in it's it not epically that failed. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah. Don't be mad, guys. Don't be mad that the AI is going to make better beers than us. What is okay. it you say? Don't be salty? Don't be salty. Yeah, maybe. Eh? <laughs> All right. As a matter of fact, we had to add quite a bit of salt to it uh, to make that. Uh... Right. <laughs> I... <laughs> So electronics ballads of first in Canada. Um, so this is from the Canadian press. So apparently there is going to be a by-election in Nova Scotia in the riding of Preston. And the election actually hasn't been called yet, but it will be the first um, <clears throat> election in Canada to use electronic ballots. So the way it's going to work is that when you go into the booth, um, there'll be a tablet and you're going to select who you want in this by-election and it will register in you know electronically but it will also reg um, put a paper ballot in the in the ballot box in case there is a recount or in case i guess the, the system goes down or crashes or whatever right um so this is going to be um the the provincial, this is just a by-election, first of all, but it will be done at the provincial level where they're going to test it with people in the armed forces living outside of the province. And then this whole thing will be rolled out to the fed, um, eventual federal election. Um, I guess the question is, are we, are we up for electronic ballots? I thought they were used in the States. Um, you know, I... I think when you look at, I mean, what the one thing they mentioned in the article is this, the time it would take to count ballots electronically, then hand count them. I mean, when you hand count a ballot, it takes forever to, for a while. Oh, yeah, you literally get the program yeah. to count it. That's right. That's hmm. right. So, um, Bill, Bill, I think for me, the thing about electronic voting I have to believe, and maybe I'm naive, um, again, I certainly don't want to sit here at any time during this program or pretend I have the answers to anything or know anything more than the next guy, or, but, but I'd like to learn. Um, I would think it might get more people to participate in a way that they're comfortable, they don't have to leave home necessarily. I know we're in a time of talking a lot about interference with elections and stuff like that. But I also really feel that the most important thing is getting voter turnout in some fashion so that we all feel we we said we did something um, as it being our right. And we we have lower numbers. So I would absolutely applaud whatever method works. Um, I'm not so worried about the speed, but I know they are. And yes, uh, reducing the uh, the workload to people who have to count votes and everything. Um, I just think it's that accountability, and of course, the number one concern is for us accessibility. Can we can we utilize it? Sounds like, but I love the idea that people in other places who still have a right to vote don't have to figure out how they're going to vote, do mailing in, and things like that. If we and we are going to go to online, there's no oh, question of course, that that's of the future of the world. 
Yeah, we, yeah. we've known this in the, the, the like 1990s, you know, that yeah, eventually it'll be this way. It's securing it. It's doing it right, Brock. Well, and for me, I, the thing that comes to mind is that every time I've ever had to vote, I always have to bring uh, somebody behind the box with me. And, and every time I've done it, I obviously I bring someone that I trust and what have you. But the thing that I would love is to be able to go in there by myself and mm. and click a button to say, this is who I'm voting for. Because at the end of it all, the person that you're with, even as impartial as they have to be, know who you're voting for. And so you, there's no secrecy. The person knows that you voted for X party. And it, I would just like to avoid all that and not be judged, quote unquote, by who I'm voting for, whether intentional or not. I also, now you find a situation where they may not have the accessible voting stuff, Billy, where you plan yeah. to go because it's closest to your home, That then you're, you're, you're asking one of them to help you, or like Brock says, taking someone back there, if you have somebody that can go with you, it becomes still not as accessible. We all know, in our opinion, more of us would be able to do this via computer, not everyone. And it still needs to be puzzled out that way. So uh, I like the idea, Billy. I, I really want them to try it on these levels. I'd like them to go forward. But we know the reality is the holdup is security and, and uh, you know, oh, yes. not even accessibility. It's are they secure? Bill Shackleton is a usual suspect on our show, Kelly and Rumya. You can catch Shaq skulking around the studio on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the end of the first hour of the show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of the buzz. The Best of the Buzz with Bill features Bill Shackleton, Kelly McDonald, and Ramya Amuthan of the AMI show Kelly and Ramya. The technical producers of this podcast are Matt Agnew, Jeff Ryman, and Grace Scofield. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. <laughs>